Welcome back to the Desert Springs Church podcast. It exists to supplement the ministry and growth of our church and body here at Desert Springs Church. My name is Drew, I'm the music minister here, and I'm pastor. joined as always, pastor, elder, minister. Get the hang um, yeah, I'll just keep, I'll just keep singing, no matter what you call me. <laughs> um, and with me as always is Chaster. The Chaster. Well, he has his hat on backwards today, so it, it, I feel like I should call it, you Chaster. Yeah. I hope that doesn't catch. No? Okay. <laughs> More importantly. <laughs> More importantly, um, uh, we have our super-duper special guest back with us today, Mr. G, and joined with him is his wife, Mrs. G. Uh, there are workers in Africa who our church sent out over six years ago, and they're here with their family, and uh, we're wanting to spend as much time with them as we can. And we're really trying to ring you guys out uh, as as much as we can to, uh, before we send you back. Bring before, it. Lord willing, you get to go back. Uh, so we'll be uh, praying for that uh, in the coming days. But we thought today uh, on this episode, we'd spend some time behind the scenes where you work, where your kids go to school, where you guys meet as believers, um, where you preach, Mr. G, uh, where you go to the gym, Mrs. G, and to the market. Give us a view and uh, give us um, some snapshots of what a normal week would look like for you guys. Why don't we start with you, uh, Mrs. G? Yeah, okay. I'm getting that vibe. We'll start with Mrs. G. Give us a look at your normal week. Walk us through your, your, your routine for a week and, uh, and what that looks like. Great. Thank you guys for having me today. It is our pleasure to be and here. Me. And Mr. G, we, it is our pleasure to be here. Um, so a normal week in Africa, our children go to the local school. So they go Monday through Friday the whole day, um, Monday, Wednesday, Friday in the mornings. I make it my goal to be out in the community, and that looks different. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I go to the gym. I'm going to the market, it's open air market, buying groceries, go to the local grocery store, get things done for my household. Tuesday, Thursday morning, I'm actually an English teacher in the local school, so I teach three levels of English. Basically, I'm not an English teacher, but I speak English, which makes me qualified in this country. And mm -hmm. I teach in order to make friends in the school and to have like eyes and ears on the ground, kind of in the battlefield, like seeing what's going on, clarifying things, misunderstandings, issues, Things like that allows me to do that by working in the school. And then um, the afternoons I spend in language study. I do that online or I do that in person, French or Arabic, and I can meet with friends. I have to be leaving my house again by 3.30 to pick the children up. So the afternoons aren't too long, but my goal is to be out in the community among people every day. Yeah, when they head off to school, I head to work. I've got an office, and I uh, generally every morning am working on uh, the sermon prep for that uh, for that Sunday, the coming Sunday, or for uh, maybe some one-on-one -on -one Bible studies that I'm doing with people. Uh, and then Mrs. G and I will generally have uh, lunch together. Uh, we, we rarely get date nights, but that's mm -hmm. okay because we get date lunches uh, often, so we're often having lunch together. Uh, then in the afternoons I go back, and that's usually when I'm working on uh, translation stuff. So I've got a translation business mm -hmm. and uh, working on that. Saturdays are generally just times for our family to hang out, and so we'll 
I don't know, we'll go and do stuff around town or uh, go to a, a local, uh, you know, some village that's close to us and just check out the countryside or something. Then on Sundays, we've got a full day uh, with uh, service in the morning and service in the afternoon. Yeah, and those services are one in English yeah, and then one in the local language. That's right. So in the morning, uh, we'll, uh, we'll meet in a house and uh, prepare lunch prior to the, the service, and then we'll meet in English, and then we'll have lunch together afterwards and invite locals there to have lunch with us and sometimes they'll be there with us and then later in that afternoon we'll meet again in arabic and um, have lord's supper every week uh at those services and uh teach sing together pray together yeah and so so when you're doing your sermon prep Mm -hmm. you're really preparing two sermons yeah every week yeah yeah, that's right. And uh, generally, I have them uh, staggered, so I'll, I'll do it one week in English, and then the next week is in the local language in Arabic uh, of what I did last week. So I have the week to try and think on how I'm going to say the same things, the same types of things in Arabic. So you do your sermon prep in English, yeah, and then you have an, another week after yeah. you've preached that text yeah. to then basically translate it yeah. into yeah. local. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah, it's really something. I was I was there. I had the privilege of being there back in January, and I was mentally exhausted at the end of Sunday. Yeah. Uh, it's a long day for you guys with the two two separate services with two separate languages. Yeah, um, you're hosting Mrs. G at your house, and so it's it's a it's a it's a uh, a big uh, big deal to uh, to get the house ready to uh, facilitate a lunch for everybody there, and then Mr. G to to preach in two different languages, and I I couldn't follow in the the local language at all, but uh, just even trying to stay awake and stay into it was was uh, you did was a, a good job was a stretch it was yeah and the time change let's not forget <laughs> sure sure jet lag. the time change yeah. a lot of jet lag but. Uh, I was I was blown away just at, at uh, the amount of work that it took, um, the amount of emotional and mental energy that it takes uh, and physical for for both of you guys and for your whole team. Um, but then just thankful to the Lord at at seeing uh, Christ Church mm. gather mm. Um, in Africa in this city. Oh man, was, it's uh, been it's been amazing. a huge encouragement to us. This has only been in the last two years that we've been meeting like this, and so it has been a real big encouragement. There have been some very hard things that have come with it, also. Uh, but the dishes alone. The dishes <laughs> is generally what I'm speaking about. Uh, so many dishes. <laughs> so many dishes. <laughs> and no, no. dishwasher. <laughs> no, we've got three kids. We got a dishwasher. There you go. Yeah, dishwashers. Yeah. Um, maybe let's go back, uh, look at uh, Mrs. G. You talked about you want to be out among the people. Uh, so describe to us what it's like to interact with uh, your local friends and coworkers and neighbors and uh, maybe even share with us a story about, about uh, sharing your faith in this, uh, in this context. Yeah, so in the school system, um, I really have to watch because it's a professional environment but my kind of goal is always to, within two conversations of somebody, that they know where, that I'm a believer. And I'm not a believer just in word, but in deed and in my heart. And so it's very easy, for example, oh, your children go to this school? I'm like, yeah, they do. 
um, why did you choose that school? And I said, well, because they're very sympathetic to the fact that we are a Christian family and we are refusing to do Islamics. Mm -hmm. And so the principal has excused my Christian family children from doing Islamics, and they're sympathetic to what we believe. And so that's why we've chosen that school. Simple, first conversation, I can get that in. Or, oh, you speak Arabic. Did you learn that because you're studying um, the Quran and you're a Muslim? No, actually, let me tell you why I study Mm. Arabic. So it's very, very easy. So that's kind of my goal. Um, and let me just, yeah, that that is so important. And that is uh, something that I try to teach people when I'm teaching them to do evangelism. I call it flying your flag early. Mm. Yeah. I think that's so helpful mm. to get it out right away yep. that totally. this is where we stand. This is where I am, even for Americans, Americans you know, just, yeah. just who you're meeting, because there's nothing worse than, okay, now I've had a dozen conversations with this person and now I'm trying to explain to them yeah. that Jesus is really important to me. That yeah. that just feels really awkward. No, so you want I, that to be immediately for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I love that. Sorry to interrupt. But no, that's, that's just, great. Yeah. And yeah, for Americans, like if someone said, "Come with us on a picnic on Sunday at two, I would love to. But that is our Sabbath. That's the day that we go to church. That is the Lord's day that we're with as a family. You can bring it in. Yep. And just, just to kind of figure yeah. out that that yeah. little response, yep. this is yep. just how I'm always going to put it out there, yep. and it becomes rehearsed. And but just yeah, let them know totally. Yeah. yeah. And in your context, uh, in the city you guys are in, um, it's a yeah, it, it's a very religious culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, so topics of religion and to- and conversations about God um, and and your faith are not. Strange, Always not out on of the, the ordinary. Table. Always on the right? table. Yeah. Yeah. So that gives you, that gives you some inroads in conversations with just about anybody there yeah. uh, to then talk about the the particulars of your faith and how. Yeah. Yes, we have faith. We believe in God, but you can yeah. then divert. It is interesting that uh, many of the people in our country don't really want to draw out those distinctions, though. They are very quick, and maybe it's just because they're so hospitable, Mm. they're very quick to say, oh, but we're exactly the same. Oh, that's great, you're a Christian, so we're exactly the same. And we've got to find ways to, in a way that is respectful to them wanting to be respectful to us, not to just go out and be mean to them and say, wow, you don't know anything about our Mm. religion, you know? No, but to find a respectful way to say, well, there is some big distinctives, actually, between our religions. Especially if you say it in that like southern <laughs> cheesy southern accent. They only have one accent, like, oh, and that's little, that's the one. Little nasally American accent. Yeah. Oh, they really don't like that. They really no, it, it makes me think of conversations I've had with Mormons yeah. here in the states. Is yeah. that oh, we're the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're, we have the same faith, and then you, yeah, yeah then you have to. Yeah. It's like you have to insert a wedge. Yeah. It's like actually no, <laughs> no, we're yeah. not. This is and this yeah. is how uh, it's different. So that's good. Yeah. Um, yeah, let's get back. Mrs. G, you had a story. You've had opportunities to, uh, to share your faith uh, with those in your, in your city that are maybe even seeking uh, Christianity in some unique ways. So tell us, uh, tell us a story about that. Yeah. So I meet women, and I hang out with women in all classes of society. And I think how I share and how I spend time with them really is dependent because it is very much a class society. Like there are people who live in this neighborhood with this socioeconomic class, and then there are the very wealthy that I rub shoulders with. And so all of those opportunities look very different, how I'm getting into homes, how I'm sharing. 
One way is I found this girl online who was interested in spiritual things. She lives in my city. She said, um, I want one of your good books. And I said, oh, I have one. I have one you can you know, take and read. What do you mean by good book? Oh, a Bible. The good book. Mm-hmm. And Amen. Amen. It's good. <laughs> and uh, we met at a coffee shop. And I, so we're shooting the breeze. She's telling me about all this, asking me about all this. And then she starts asking the most pertinent questions that show that she has been seeking. And they're good questions. Mm. And they're like, tell me about the son. How can he be the son, but also God? And, you know, I hear that you can't get divorced in Christianity. Why is that? Tell me about that. And then um, she said, I really want one of those books in my hands. And I said, you know what? Next time I meet with you, I would love to. I don't usually give a good book on the first meeting because I want to like fill it out. Yeah. Is it a setup? Is it a sting? Is it a trap? Mm. You know. And I said, I would love to do that. She goes, when you give me that good book, do I need to wash my hands like when I read the Quran? And I said, no, you just come dirty. God mm. washes you. You can just <laughs> pick up that book and just read it. And if you have any questions about it, I want to be here for you. I want to answer those for you. But we just come as we are, and it's God who cleanses us. It's not the washing of our hands before we read the Bible. And so the next time I I got together with her, she said, come to my house. And she says, well, my mom and my sister don't know that I've requested this. So I, I know it's on the DL. And so I go to her house, and her mom and sister are in the living room with us forever. And so I have it in my um, purse, and I want to, like, give it to her. And I want to, like, talk about things, but they're in there. So finally they go upstairs to get some more snacks. And I said, hey, I have that book that, you know, you asked for. And I said, if your parents ever say anything, just tell them it's my book and that when you're done, I want it back, that I, it's just a loner, right? So that way she wouldn't be in trouble for possession of it or whatever. And she's like, okay. And she like took it like I had given her this treasure. And it's mm. just this small paper Arabic book. And so then um, we start texting back and forth. And I'm like, have you read it? Whatever. I go by her house because in our country, you don't make appointments. You just stop by. And she wasn't there. I left some chocolates. And she's like, oh, I miss you. I want to see you. And then COVID hit. So we mm. haven't actually seen each other face to face. But the questions that she asked showed me that the Lord was already pricking her heart to spiritual things and that she has been investigating and looking into things. And so um, that's someone that we can pray for, that if we feel comfortable to bring her into our Sunday gathering for her to see actual believers reading the Word and praying and fellowshipping together, I think that it would be really cool. But there's also issues of, are the other local believers okay with bringing in seekers? And, Mm. you know, so there's some Mm. issues like that to flesh out, but... That's, yeah, it's amazing to hear yeah, how the Lord is working even through in unexpected ways and, and even using the internet to, mm-hmm. to connect uh, you to potential seekers. Um, yeah, because that's, that really was, cool. that's not just a accidentally like you were on Facebook, that, that this is part of your ministry, right, yeah. is, is using some of those online tools yep. to get connected. Yeah, with. people are using that a lot more of, of targeting um, or, or online ministries are mm-hmm. Arabic ministries are using targeted ads to talk to people in certain regions of of different Arab countries or actually all over this is happening all over the world and uh, and then we get to meet with people uh, through the fruit of that that ministry brothers really great yeah it's awesome Mr. G I wanted to circle back and talk about your translating work mm-hmm. um, I'm not sure if we've talked about this on the podcast but could you tell us a little bit more about that like what kind of things you're translating and yeah. what that work looks like? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, well, first of all, we have to have a 
public identity that is not missionary to live in that country. So they don't give you a visa for missionary um, because it's illegal to proselytize. So you have to have uh, a reason for being there. Um, why translation? Um, I, I love learning languages and I have uh, the disposition to uh, be able to just sit down and stare at uh, Arabic for a long time and be okay with, <laughs> with that. Some would find it very boring. I, I find it uh, enlivening. So uh, yeah, so we do that. Uh, I translate from Arabic into English. I'm hoping to uh, hire somebody soon. Uh, what kinds of things we do? Uh, we could do um, stuff like contracts uh, that maybe a multinational company would uh, get a contract in Arabic and they don't want, and they want to translate it on the cheap. And I would be out there on the internet saying, hey, I'll do it for cheap. Uh, another thing that we do is we're hoping that this translation company will, uh, will be able to serve the church in the Arab world. So uh, in our country, the dialect uh, that we have of Arabic, there, there are not many resources, especially uh, resources um, that come from the Old Testament. So like the Psalms are not yet translated into uh, our dialect of Arabic. Uh, and I found a, a Psalter from a long time ago that uh, we started translating into the local language, which uh, I, I hope really will pay some dividends in the future for the Arabic church, but that is not from Arabic into English. That is, um, we're translating it into the local language. Also, just trying to find um, uh, texts that would be helpful to the church, one like Pilgrim's Progress. Um, we would expect, once we have that translated, that that it could uh, be put into a recorded format, somebody reading that, and then it just be an encouragement to people in the church. So uh, those types of things... Uh, and then we're we're just asking other missionaries, what are types of materials that you need in uh, the local language, and how can we help you with that? That's wow! Great. So that's just a another avenue of ministry that yeah, you guys are totally. doing. Yeah, that's totally. that's amazing. Um, it sounds to me like even in the culture that you're serving in, that that there's some differences between male and female mm -hmm. that you mm -hmm. have to take into extra consideration with mm -hmm. your ministry that maybe we're not thinking about mm -hmm. as much. So what is, what is that like? What does it look like as a woman in mm -hmm. your context doing ministry? As a woman, I would never meet with another man at all unless my husband was there. And almost always, unless it's a family unit, we're doing ministry separately. And so I meet with women in their homes and they come to my home. But if I'm hosting a woman in our living room, Mr. G would not even make himself known there. Mm. Um, as a woman in an Arab country, there are uh, precautions I have to take. Like I don't go out by myself at night. That's just a common, you just don't do that because mm. you're asking for trouble, right? Um, I have to dress more modest. I have to you know, cover my elbows, cover my legs. And there are certain areas of our city that if I'm by myself, I know that I can't be in by myself. Mm. Like if I'm going to visit a friend, we'll meet somewhere and go together. So there are um, constraints like that as a woman in, in Arab culture. Um, I think for ministry though, like that happens in the home. Like here, when I was in Albuquerque, me and my homegirls, we go to Cottonwood, we have play dates, we're at parks, we're at splash parks, we're at Chick-fil-A lunch almost everything is happening in the homes. And so 
God has been so gracious. We moved into a new house in September, and it's on a cul-de-sac, and they have welcomed us in as family. Mm. They're protective of us. Um, we're bringing each other baked goods all the time. Um, they're welcoming me at home, and uh, like there was a funeral, and you bury the person that day because they don't embalm. I get a knock on my door. This is what you have to be flexible. They're like, oh, um, so-and-so's father has died. We're going to the funeral in three hours. Get your outfit on, get your dilemma whatever. And so I just have to be at a moment's no- notice ready to host and ready to go. Mm. Whereas in America, we're like, oh, next Tuesday at 1035, mm-hmm. we'll meet at Starbucks and we will meet for one hour and 27 minutes. And then, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. but I have to be ready to throw on like a jalaba and hit out the door when someone knocks on my door. And so that is a, another level of like being in this culture that you have to get used to, wow. especially if you're a big old planner yeah. and you want to know all the things the whole week you can't. And you have kids. And I have kids. And so we have to be super flexible in our planning. And for the people that we're, wit- or that we're witnessing to and we're loving on, being there for them at the moment that they need them is so important. Mm. So I can't say, I'm sorry, your funeral's today, mm-hmm. but I was about to go to the grocery store. No, the funeral's today, and they need yeah. that. So You dropped mm. everything. Yeah. Yeah. And how much, as you're talking to women in this culture, does particularly being a woman in what we would consider to be something of a repressive environment. Does that ever come up when, when you know, that, that young woman asks you about the Christian view of marriage and divorce? Mm-hmm. Is, that a, is that a point of contrast that you can, you can point to? It really is because they see how Mr. G loves his family and loves his children, spends time with them. That's abnormal. Mm-hmm. He wants to come home from work. He wants to be with the kids. He wants to go running with the kids out. You know, they ride their bike. He wants to be a part of their life. He wants to help me around the house, which is unheard of. Like, and then we have uh, family meals in the evening, and so like they see, oh, your your husband spoils you. I was like, yeah, he's doing what God has called us to do—to mm-hmm. lay down his life for you know his bride. And mm-hmm. so it is something that's a sweet aroma to them. How they see how Christian men treat their children and treat their wives. Wow. Yeah, and uh, and on that, I feel like we. Many of the people that I see that are leaving Islam, when I talk to them, often that point of how uh, Muslims, how Islam treats women comes up, whether that's a male or a female. Mm. Uh, often men will ask about divorce. It's, it's interesting that divorce is often coming up. Yeah. Uh, what's the deal with divorce in Christianity? And Because what's the difference there? This... I think that uh, in Islam, or at least in our culture, uh, yeah, the man has all the rights for sure, and he can just uh, divorce someone at a moment's mm-hmm. notice. And uh, take four wives. Well, yeah, take four wives. It's just, I think in general, they're wanting to understand how is a man going to treat a woman in Christianity that's different than Islam, because I'm repulsed by Islam and by what's happening mm-hmm. there. So tell me about it here. Uh, I think a lot of people coming from broken homes where um, they see the dad uh, divorcing the wife, and this is in a, in a culture where a woman is not going to be able to support herself, right? It's different when you have no-fault divorce in America, and you've got women who are empowered to be able to do things. There, where a woman's not empowered, and then they're divorced, they got nothing, yeah. right? And so they see that, and they're repulsed by it, and they want to understand how is Christianity going to be different. A woman who um, leaves her husband is left with nothing. 
maybe even not the children, and no support system. So they will stay in an abusive or loveless or whatever marriage because they have no other choices. And mm -hmm. so I think that they're asking because they're like, how is this different? And how is America different? How, how do they treat women? How do they value women? So it's Yeah, just, and it gets so complicated too because then they're looking at America, yeah. thinking it's a Christian nation, right. and then they'll impose some of that stuff. But yeah, I think the main takeaway, though, that we've taken is that people are very dissatisfied with the way that Islam treats women, and they want something different because they know intuitively it's wrong. Yeah. Mm. Wow. Well, that's mm. a yeah, powerful opportunity for you guys to yeah. just live out a, a Christian ethic yeah. uh, and a Christian worldview of marriage, yeah. and yeah, and the Lord will use that, mm -hmm. uh, what seems like a simple thing, but is a powerful yeah. thing. Um, praising God for that. And again, just to think about how in America we can do some of those things that rub up against those those cultural norms, you know, yeah. in our own way that, like you said, that makes us the aroma of Christ mm -hmm. and a place, yeah, uh, yeah, where where people are like, why do you act like that, yeah, in your home? Why why yeah. do you spend your time this way? Why do you spend your money this yeah. way? That's tell me about that. Where is that coming from? Right. Well, I can think of several ways that I would want to pray for you guys, and and we can pray about all of these things. But maybe you guys can help us with with some ways we can pray. In, uh, for these specific areas that you guys have talked about for your lives, for your work, your ministry there? Um, how can we be praying? Uh, first and foremost is we're trying to get back. So right now, um, commercial airspace is closed. There are two flights a week on a certain airline. And if we can get on, if the commercial airspace doesn't open in the next couple of weeks, we're just praying we can get on one of these flights. And because we have residency cards, they're allowing uh, passport holders and residency cards in the country. Other than that, tourists are not allowed. Mm. So we're praying, first of all, for access. Um, second of all, we've heard that um, local schools are opening. We're, we're going to put our boys back in the local school system. So you can be praying for them going back to school and just protection. And um, our oldest daughter, they don't have a middle school at our school. So she's going to be doing uh, homeschooling in French. And so this will be our first year to actually homeschool. So that's a big prayer request. Yeah. That'll be a different thing for us. And it'll change my schedule. It'll change what my life looks like. And it's in French. And it's in French. So like, it's not like even in my own yeah. language and it's through the government, through the French government. So it's all like submitted to the government. It's not just me like, Hey, let's do this today. No, <laughs> it's like, we have to submit tests that get graded and um, and I'm hoping to still teach at the school. It's two mornings a week. I'm going to see how it goes by getting her started or having Mr. G sit with her while I'm teaching because I only teach two mornings a week. So I'm hoping I can still continue that. Yeah. Another thing is um, for the, the local gathering there, uh, man, we're praying for um, God to increase our numbers. We only have a few that are coming on a regular basis. So increasing our numbers. Um you know, just like the the uh, what we say around here, spreading God's glory broader and deeper. We want more to come in, and we also really want to see deepening faith in those who are coming. Mm -hmm. uh, so, um, I, I know we're looking to spend more time uh, trying to find ways to spend more time with each of those that are coming and and grow in discipleship with them, uh, and even more than that, to to see we we want to see multiple elders be raised up uh, for that local congregation so that um, that there is local leadership there that will be able to move uh, this congregation forward in the coming years. So that's what we're looking forward to and praying for. 
also for um, our country to reopen its borders to tourists because a lot of our teammates and other workers won't be allowed back in until they open the, the borders. So essentially, we're stopping a lot of missionary activity in the country until these borders open mm. back up. So mm. that's a big prayer request. I, yeah, I would just say, uh, pray for us to love each other and serve each other. Ser- love one another and serve one another. We want to be good to one another. So um, praying for uh, the the Christians that are there, the people on our team, the people in our church, um, how can we love each other more and serve each other more, that Christ would be magnified through our relationships, that, that we could also invite people more and more, um, Muslims more and more into our lives, that they would see our love for one another, right? So it's one thing for us to love one another and nobody ever see us, right? And it's another to have them be with us as we're loving one another. So uh, I think there is often a tension of I getting home from work or from the day out in the community, and we're like, I'm so tired from being in this community that I, you know, it takes so much of my capacity just to to live and work in. And then we don't have Muslims in our lives during the time when we would be showing how we are loving and serving one another, right? So. Lord, help us to figure out ways to do that in a, in, in a, in a way that honors him and that, that honors our family too and uh, just making wise decisions. So I think something to understand is we live in a town when we're the only missionaries in our town. So our teammates are our friends. That's the only friends that speak English. They're also our ministry partners. They're also our church. They're all the things. So that's a lot of pressure wrapped up into these relationships. So we just need for God's grace to abundantly live through us, to hold short accounts and uh, push each other onto love and good deeds and to fight off comparison and whatever. Like all of those things you have to work really hard at. Because in America, if I'm over one friend, I'm like, all right, you bugging. So then you're just going to go hang out with some other friends for a few months. Do you know what I mean? We don't have that choice. So it's like you push through and you love hard and you forgive because that's your only choice. And the great thing is that Desert Springs has been praying for that for years, Mm -hmm. and we have seen God answer that prayer. Mm. Uh, But we can't let down our guard because it's just too easy. Well, we're also about to double our team in size. Lord willing, if the borders open up, we're about to have a lot of new teammates. So that's a big prayer request. Yeah, And a big answered prayer. And And a a big big answered answered prayer. prayer. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, there was uh, so many times you've just shared over the last few weeks about what you guys have got Mm. going on that I've just kind of, I've felt overwhelmed hearing about it, um, hearing about what the challenges are, hearing about what your desires are, and have been so encouraged all the more that this is all up to God. Yeah. Your success, your mm-hmm. fruit, it's just all mm-hmm. up to God answering prayers. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's all up to God opening hearts. It's all up to God making connections, even through the internet, whatever yeah. it is. Um, but God's arm's not too short. Amen. either you know and so um but but i've just been i've been praying so much for you guys and you. and want yeah. to continue and I, and I hope our whole church does because it's going to have to be through prayer through god working Amen. that yeah. that this work continues and grows Amen. Amen. well thank you guys thanks for your work and thanks for your time yeah. uh, thank you this summer and today yeah, yeah. it's great being here thanks for having us yeah we'll miss you Well, you've been listening to the Desert Springs Church Podcast. If you'd like more information about Desert Springs, you can go to our website, dscabq.com. If you have any questions, you can email us at info at dscabq.com. 
Lord willing, we'll have another episode for you next week. Until then, on behalf of Drew Hodge and Mr. and Mrs. G, I am Chase Jacobs. Let's keep spreading God's glory broader and deeper.